what's going on guys welcome on back to the second and short podcast here we are talking about dynasty football values of course we always like to work from the cheap seats here on the mosaic mc network i am your host tyler Lauder, joined with mosaic mc east jason teasley uh, before we jump into dynasty ups and downs where the value you know the value addition where some of these guys at positions have risen you know a vast a, a vast majority of guys have taken the league by storm this year we've also seen a lot of guys fall back and so we're today going to discuss but before we jump into those we're going to talk about quarterbacks and running backs today receivers and tight ends next week you and i just had another matchup this season and it went in my favor this time we're kind of going back and forth like a teeter-totter yeah we we had a uh had a hard hard fault matchup uh, where i've seen a lot of injuries and Last minute, uh, I seen uh, Cooks that was out, and I couldn't swap him out for anybody. Then Lamar gets hurt, and you ended up taking a victory by less than three points uh, on Mike Evans' uh, 9.9.9. So, yeah, congratulations on your victory. I I, I won't be too sour on it because I hold the dynasty victory, but uh, we we have an upcoming matchup as well. Yes, we do. We'll be meeting in another league where, uh, who knows? The I, I, our, I don't know if our commissioner has stated exactly what's going to happen yet with it, but uh, potentially I could be getting a first round buy. Should be. Um, so we'll see how everything kind of works out. I think I am fully in the camp, and this will be for a topic later on in the year uh, when we talk about you know dynasty league formats, the do's and don'ts, what works and what doesn't. I will fully stand by divisions and conferences are worthless unless you are a massive league i'm talking you need to have 16 teams to have divisions and conferences if you are smaller than 16 then just put everybody in one pool top records go in points scored can be your tiebreaker um but yeah, and if and if it's above sixteen, sure. You have two two conferences of eight. I don't. That makes sense to me. Sure. Um, if if you have anything bigger than that, obviously you got to split it up. I, I'm in a couple of leagues that there are like twenty eight team leagues, two copies. So you know, there's four. You know, two fourteen team conferences, or there's seven groups of four. You know, format makes sense the way. But but yeah, and I, I believe that you're starting to get in this camp as well with me. I've been in that camp. I, I hate conferences and divisions because it it rewards um, mediocrity, and a lot of good teams get potentially left out on the in the cold because you have a conference winner that that is getting getting in over them. So I think the the whole take your top six teams, throw them in there, and We'll, we'll dive deep into this instead of having a points uh, tiebreaker. I'm in the camp now of putting a medium, a weak medium in, and that helping uh, with your tiebreakers. Yeah, and that, I mean, that, that could help with tiebreakers, having an extra um, 13, 14 matchups in there. Uh, and this is not a sour grapes thing. In the league we're talking about, uh, Jason and I are both going to make the playoffs. Um, so we're like, we're not mad about how many of the playoffs, uh, it just comes down to, uh, 
a, a potentially a team that has four less wins in the opposite conference winning their conference potentially getting a buy is where it all lies in um either way doesn't matter you have to win two to three games to win a championship either way uh with all that being said we're not going to really break down too many news and things uh injury bug continues uh we have a massive week 14 bye week if your playoffs are starting this week uh, everybody get together in your league and go yell at your commissioner and tell them to push it back a week. Like I would rather this week I have zero games than to have a, a entry playoff game where I don't have any any Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, uh, any Colts, like any guys like that that will have impact. I, I think uh, the Commanders are on by as well. So I mean, there's like a lot of startable yeah. guys that we're talking probably about eight, nine guys that should be started in most leagues that you wouldn't be able to have access to. And it's really not a good look. Um, I don't know any leagues that do have playoffs starting this week, but if you do, it sucks. Um, I mean, I, there's, I have one, but it's a, like I said, it's 28 teamers. So there's a massive amount of teams in the playoffs that we have to. But outside of that, let's just jump into these dynasty values, ups and downs. And now we're going to be giving credit here um, we're doing a series here where every every month we're going to go over and break down a different dynasty content uh, or fantasy football content creator, uh, and we're going to break down like an article of theirs in some form or fashion. We're getting inspiration from it, and we're going to kind of do something based off of that. So you want to give credit. So uh, make sure that you not only subscribe here, follow along, give us five stars, like and retweet, follow us everywhere we are. Also be out, be out there and um, over on Twitter, Lee Liberman is where we got this idea from, from Dynasty Nerds. Uh, you can find him at the Dynasty Robot on Twitter, and you can check out all of his articles on the Dynasty Nerds as well for this inspiration of value. Now, we took our own little twist on this, and we are going to be talking about all four of the, the core positions, and we're going to be giving an up and a down in value that have moved based on the Dynasty Nerds rankings. We decided that we'd use their rankings since we are kind of using their article inspiration so with all that being said jason let's get right into this and 12 team super flex ppr format is where we are at and quarterbacks dynasty value that has arisen uh he is an up he is currently ranked as quarterback 11 we have justin fields and he is currently in dynasty formats quarterback five tell us his stats this year so far on why he's moved up uh, so currently he's uh, at a 61.7 completion percentage going 156 uh, on 253 attempts or right at the 1900 mark, um, 13 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, uh, has been sacked uh, 40 times. So that's oops, kind of attributed to the way Chicago is. But what is good about uh, Fields also he has 128 rushing attempts for right at 905 yards, uh, averaging 7.1 yards per carry with eight touchdowns. That is impressive for a quarterback. Yeah, and it's completely showing why he is getting ranked higher. Uh, Justin Fields at this point has entered quarterback one territory, uh, where he is, you know, in single quarterback leagues, he should be a starter among all teams. And, you know, super flex leagues or two quarterback leagues, he should be a team's number one guy. If he's your number two guy in a super flex, you are lying right now. You're in a good spot. Um, earlier in the year, I was able to trade what is going to be the 1-1 one, one, um, and Justin Fields. Uh, I received both of those 
players uh, for Jalen Hurts. This was about like week six or seven. Hurts was on the rise. Fields hasn't hadn't quite stepped up in that rushing ability yet. Um, I'm really happy with that move. Obviously, him being quarterback five right now shows the value of a running quarterback. And I, I I hear it all the time where people are some people get mad that like quarterbacks can get the same amount of points as like running backs with rushing or I don't know. It seems weird to me to get mad at that because running quarterbacks typically have lower passing numbers. And we see quarterbacks constantly rank in the top 50, uh, probably more than half of the quarterbacks rank in the top 50 for all fantasy players at the end of the year, just on passing alone most of the time. Uh, running quarterbacks can break uh, a league, kind of, you know, can, and can have anybody be a mid-tier team all the way into winning that league's championship. Justin Fields' value, moving up to QB11. Uh, is this sustainable? Uh, do we think it's going to grow, like, like right now, here are some of the facts that we know. The Chicago Bears are going to have like over, I think, like 110, 120 million in salary cap next year. They're going to have a top pick without needing a quarterback, which means they're going to have a top. Um, uh, they, they, they don't have a top second round pick because they traded it for Claypool, but they have Mooney, they have Claypool, they have Komet, Montgomery, they have Clue Herbert. They've kind of got a lot of young pieces, a lot of salary cap. Is Justin Fields' value sustainable knowing all those things? I believe it fully is. Um, Fields is is one of those players that I was down on in the beginning until I seen him actually play. Uh, and he's got good awareness, yeah. uh, and he's got great feet. Uh, he does kind of extend plays. I mean, not on the level of like a Josh Allen or uh, Patrick Mahomes, but he can extend plays. He has that elusiveness to get out of the pocket and let his receivers create a little bit more. So I think this is a great position Chicago's in. I think his value is only going to be uh, staying right here. I don't see it dropping off any because, one, I think with the cap value, they can get a better offensive line to protect him and also get something on the opposite side of the ball where he's not having to basically play catch up a lot. So I think this is going to be a very sustainable position for him, if not his new floor. Yeah, and the wide receiver market for in, in the offseason isn't very big. Um, Jacoby Myers, Juju Smith-Schuster are probably going to headline that. I think somebody like Jacoby Myers would be fantastic for Fields. Um, your slot guy that can kind of check down for you and you can kind of build that relationship with those intermediate routes. You know, you could let Claypool be that big body. You can let Mooney just do what he does. I mean, Komet's starting to maybe kind of turn to a red zone threat. Um, I think if you can go spend money on somebody like uh, Jacoby Myers, uh, go out and sign two offensive linemen. And then in the draft, I think they're going to be too high to take an offensive lineman. I don't think any of the offensive linemen here are top three, top four pick worthy. But if you can find a trade partner, move down and take whoever you deem as like the best tackle to be your future left tackle. I mean, that that right there in, in improves your wide receiver um, room. It, it improves your offensive line by adding two to three starters, which is doable. The Carolina Panthers just did this. They went they went and, and, and got a new a new guard. Uh, they got uh, they drafted a new left tackle. They brought in another guy that is starting at center for them right now. So like three moves that have moved. And I know I'm a Panthers fan, so it's hard to, you know, I'm not trying to be biased or anything, but we can clearly see that the Carolina Panthers offensive line has taken a massive step this year. And I think that's what the Chicago Bears should kind of implement. 
Um, with having this quarterback like this, I think his value is going to stay high. I don't see him moving up too much higher because his competition is is really stiff with it being a lot of the young guys and a lot of those elite tier. But I think he is going to float in this range where come startup drafts, people are going to be looking at going, I want Justin Fields over Dak Prescott type thing or Justin Fields versus Tua. Like those are the conversations, arguments we're going to have. And the rushing upside just gives him that little edge that I think you need to get on your team now. His value is going to increase a little bit, and then you could probably cash out big in like a year or two. Now, let's talk about moving down. This isn't a big drop, but Russell Wilson is currently ranked as quarterback 16. Um, he's currently in Dynasty formats quarterback 21. Uh, two weeks ago, was it? He was ranked as quarterback 33 in weekly fantasy because Jordan Love came in and had a big fourth quarter. That's all he played. So because of that, Wilson fell to quarterback 33 on the week. He has taken a big hit here. Um, I think the reason why he hasn't fallen outside of the top, you know, into the top, like, like pick 21 or quarterback 22 area is because of his namesake and because of what he's done. And we've seen him be successful before. There's a lot of doubt on, well, they lost their starting running back. They just cut their number two. You know, their head coach is a joke. Judy's been hurt. So it's like, let's give him a little break. Sure. Denver's got to fix the offensive line, though. But let's talk about Russell Wilson's stats so far. And currently up to this date, he still has more bathrooms than he does passing touchdowns. Broncos country, let's cry. Uh, yeah, the um, the the Russell Wilson experiment is falling quick. Yes, with uh, two hundred fifteen completions on three hundred fifty eight attempts, with sixty percent uh, completion rate each. So not horrible. Uh, no, it's not bad. Um, worst of his career thus far, but mm -hmm. he's still got some games to pull that up. Twenty five fifty eight. Uh, passing yards uh, with a 7.1 average. And like you mentioned, he has more bathrooms than he has touchdowns at eight touchdowns on the season. How many now, Wilson has uh, turn interceptions. Let's see here. Five. He has five interceptions. Okay. And rushing, rushing hasn't done uh, too much this year. And two fumbles. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's got 158 yards on 37 attempts, uh, one touchdown. He he was typically a mobile quarterback, um, but he's kind of fell off the last two years, uh, taking a big hit. He's probably at a twenty five percent of what he's used to be. But this is this is something that I think we need to be concerned about. So, do you think that him like falling out of quarterback one territory, which is where he was pre draft, like pre preseason starting? He was probably ranked around quarterback like 9, 10, 11 because he's in his 30s. So, we, you know, he's not ranked too high because Dynasty values the youth. But everybody was kind of like, I mean, my, I'm, myself, I made a move for him to be my, my number two quarterback behind Herbert. And I was so happy. I was like, I'm stacked quarterback. I'm ready to go. I got two QB1s. He's fallen. His performance in there, it's clearly an, an offensive line and a head coach issue, I think. I don't think Russell Wilson is bad i don't think that he's like just playing worse we do see when these guys get these mega deals and they switch teams it is hard but then again seattle's offensive line wasn't ever you know golden it wasn't the greatest thing so do you think going into this offseason 
I think he's an extremely buy low candidate. I think he is very affordable in in two quarterback and super flex leagues, uh, to the point where if you sold our guy Justin Fields for Russell Wilson, you'd probably get another first or more back for him. I I would assume. And so that that begs the question: with the low performance, the bad, the completion percentage is, is low, but it's not terrible. His weapons have been hurt. I mean. If Denver, who doesn't have a first-round pick, or they, they do have a first-round pick, they don't have an early first-round pick like they should. Yeah. Um, because they they traded Bradley Chubb. Are they going to be able to fix this offensive line like we want the Bears to do? And will if they do, will that increase his value? Or do you think the days of being a QB one are done? I think the days of QB one are done. Um, I think he may be a fringe. Um, and. His ceiling's probably about a 14, a QB 14 now. Um, but I, I don't see him as a QB one anymore. And that's sad. And I think it, a lot of this season also goes back to week one. Uh, the coach not having the confidence in him. And you could see the confidence not being in Russell Wilson as well. We used to see in Russell Wilson being a great quarterback for the first eight weeks and then. Uh, totally falling out of into obscurity. He's been that way this entire year. So I think the only way to get him back up to that QB one status is a coaching change, uh, an offense coordinator change. We we need to get this team uh, to trust Wilson more, and they don't. That's what is really interesting. So until the team has caught the actual Broncos get confidence in him, I don't think you should put confidence in him. Like you said, he's a perfect buy low candidate. You could probably roll the dice and just throw something out there, and you'd probably get accepted. You might be able to get, in a one QB league, you might be able to throw a mid-third round out there to get Russell Wilson right now. In a one quarterback, absolutely. And I think come draft time, I think you could move down if you have a high pick. Um, which some people will say, like, why would you do that? But like, I think the class is really good, and I like a lot of the people there. But I mean, if you're wanting to improve quickly, and you're at like, let's say one four, and you have good running backs, um, the top two quarterbacks are gone. You could probably move from like one four to like one twelve, and probably get Russell Wilson. Maybe it might be a stretch. It depends on the faith that somebody has in him. But his his value has has dropped significantly, and so I just don't see. Um, I, I don't see a return to quarterback one, but I do think that he will continue to be a serviceable quarterback two. He still has super flex value. I think that he will improve next year from a quarterback 21 positioning uh, it, as long as they work on the offensive line. But I mean, I've been saying Denver needs to work on the offensive line for it feels like a decade now. And every year I hear Broncos fans because I live in the Midwest here. And I hear lots of Broncos fans, and they're all like, no, offensive line's great. It's good, it's good, it's good. And I tell them every year, I say, your pass rush is lacking, and your offensive line is lacking. You're not going to have a good season. And they never listen. And then here we are where we are now. And, you know, I think the fear is going to be that with Denver getting rid of Bradley Chubb, they're not going to invest in the offensive line. They're going to want to get another pass rusher in. They're going to want to invest on that defense a little bit more. And they're just going to hope that, well, if we get a better offensive coach, an offensive-minded coach, um, Russell Wilson will return to form, and it will fix itself. So now let's move on to running backs. And we're going to talk about our down first here, 
Running back's value that has fallen down is currently ranked on Dynasty Nerds is running back 11, Najee Harris. He is currently this season running back 20. He is being shown to be a volume-needing guy. He needs touches like crazy, which means to me that his value shouldn't take a huge dip, but coming into the season, he was easily ranked as like a top four, five running back uh, value-wise, that now, if you can get a first for him, people are saying just take it. So let's, let's talk about the stats. What is his rushing yards and touchdowns and yards per carry right now? All right, so on 175 attempts, he's at 671 yards. Um, meager, 3.8 average uh, with four touchdowns, one fumble lost. Uh, out of the backfield, he's not really a pass-catching back um he's got 30 catches on 37 targets which is a, is pretty good for a running back uh catch percentage but he's only got 148 yards on those 37 receptions he's got two touchdowns at a 4.9 average i recently bought him fairly cheap uh i like the fact that i got him fairly cheap but this is kind of concerning. This is somebody that you said that we've talked about a lot in some of our previous episodes, and you just alluded to, very volume-based. He has to have the, the ball a lot in order to produce. Uh, he can break off those big runs, but I think that this is somebody that you, you should start looking at being concerned with. And and I, I don't know anymore if he should be anybody's running back one. I think if he is your running back one, I think your first round pick this year needs to be used on a running back. Granted, yes, we just talked about this pre-episode two, and I, I believe it fully that you, that, that you draft talent, not like landing spot, and, and you don't worry about team needs. You just take talent. However, if he's your running back one, I think that you're going to be in trouble come year four for him i think he's going to continue to maintain like a top 25 running back like he's going to be an rb2 regardless because he doesn't seem to really get hurt too often he kind of gets a little banged up but he needs volume and unfortunately the steelers are not a good team and if he's not if they're not doing well competing or anything like that um you know, he's not getting the volume and everything. And I don't even know the, the weekly numbers on him. And I, I own him in several leagues because uh, I, you know, I had the 1-1 one, one, one year. And I couldn't tell you what he's done every week, but I probably could guess, and you probably could look at his, like, fantasy scores by week, that if we looked at those, the games that are close and or the Steelers won, he probably had his most fantasy points, which puts a reflection on a couple things. The Steelers need to get him more touches because he helps them win games. Also, he's one of those types of backs that can wear down a defense. And it's what's kind of happening right now is like Deontay Foreman is kind of doing what he should be doing. Jamal Williams is doing what Najee Harris should be doing. And we're not getting that from these guys that, you know, they have this, this large upper body that can just bruise some guys. And it shows without Big Ben the dump off passes that he was getting last year, getting the, I think he was like third in targets or something like that, or third in running back receptions. Mm-hmm. He had like, it was like 70 or 80. He, he needs that. And we're going to keep stressing volume. Now, 
value-wise, he's running back 11, which means they still value him as a top 12 running back. However, we have a massive running back group coming in that is going to change the landscape. And I think right now, Robinson isn't even, Bajan Robinson isn't even in the rankings. I think he's going to jump ahead of Najee as soon as he's drafted instantly on Dynasty Sooners. I think they love him, which is going to put him yeah. down to like running back 12. Is this value going to stay? Is he going to fall to this running back to value territory? I don't think it's going to be falling. Uh, I'm looking at his fantasy stats right now. He's finished as a running back one, which means one through 12, twice this year. He finished, uh, and that was week two versus New England, which has a, a stuffy run defense. He was running back 12. And then he was running back three versus Cincinnati. The rest of the time, he's been between... 17 at a peak and 29 as the floor. So I think he's already in running back two territory. Uh, I think this running back class coming in is only going to push him further down the running back two territory. So I look for with this running back factoring in and some emergence of some of the players that's already in the league. I'm looking at, you might see an ADP next year or Harris around a running a running back eighteen to twenty. I, I that's don't a know. bold pick. That's a, that's that's a very hot take. It's it's very bold. I don't know if he'll drop that far because we see a lot of times when guys have a good season and then they have a, a poor season that the community kind of splits and everybody's you know half the half the community is like get out and half the community is like dude dive on in it's so cheap like he's gonna return value. Kind of like how we had similar with Joe Mixon, um, you know, before last year, before the 2021 season, there's a lot of people saying, like, just buy in. Like, as long as he's healthy, like, he's going to return running back one upside. Like, like, he's going to. And he did. And he was doing that this year as well. And so we have the community's going to be split. And it all depends on, and your league mates are going to determine which side of the line are they on. There's no gray area with Najee Harris. There's going to be people that are going to say he needs volume. He lacks, like, high yards per carry, even when he gets his receptions, he doesn't do a lot with them, and he's not scoring enough. I think this is going to be a, a lifelong thing. I'm not taking him, you know, in startups before the fourth round. Uh, then you're going to have guys that are going to say, wow, I'm going to get a guy that has, you know, top five running back upside in the late second, early third, and I think people are going to, they're still going to bite. Uh, it just depends on what side of the league you run into. Uh, as we're winding down here, let's talk about our running back that has moved up. This is a massive jump. I, I bet he was in like the 20s or something like this, pre-draft and everything. Uh, Kenneth Walker the third is currently ranked as running back six on Dynasty Nerds. Uh, he's currently sitting as running back 18, but Dynasty value-wise, they have him as the sixth most valuable running back, which again, I think when Robinson gets there, he's going to be ranked in the top five instantly, and it's going to move everybody else down. But they are loving Kenneth Walker up in Seattle. And so far this year, granted, he had Penny, he was behind, so he didn't really get a, a quick start to the season. But just give us, since we're running short on time here, give us his rushing yards, touchdowns, and yards per carry, and any passing stats that he has, receiving stats, I mean. All right, 138 for 649 with an average of 4.79 touchdowns, zero oh, fumbles. Man. Yeah, that's very solid. And on the passing side, he's got 19 reception on 26 targets for, for 116 yards. This is somebody me and you spoke highly of it. And when we did our mock draft and our pre-draft, our rookie running backs, 
we talked about him possibly being the the running back of this class to keep an eye on. Yes, and I, I and I, I still kind of stand by that. Yeah, during our draft process, I was saying that everybody kind of had like it was like, oh, you're going to get Brees Hall, then you're going to draft a bunch of receivers, then you'll take Kenneth Walker. But I, I was fully in the camp that if you wanted Kenneth Walker at one two or even one one, I wasn't going to tell you you were wrong. I still thought it was Brees Hall, but I I wouldn't. I would never argue with somebody on that aspect. And I think we're seeing it here now. I think Seattle's a great spot for him. I think the quarterback they have and the team they have uh, allows them to, I mean, Pete Carroll just knows how to get value out of his running backs uh, when he needs to. He just knows how to get value out of players. And I think that Seattle's type of play showing that, you know, I mean, Rashad Penny is still there. They have faith in their guys and they will use their guys for as long as they need to use their guides. And, Granted, yes, we're seeing some bumps in injury here a little bit now, but uh, I, I think this this value-wise is very high. Um, do you think this is going to sustain as he's going to stay in the top 10 and this is where he should be type thing? Yes, I think he's a top 10 running back. I think his value is only going to grow uh, with the the experience that comes along, plus the fact that Seattle is kind of rebuilding. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a great uh opportunity to if you have kenneth walker hold on to him strap the rocket to his back he's gonna he's gonna pay off for quite some time and he, he probably should he, he probably should uh, i i think in, in in single quarterback leagues he'll he'll go probably back first high second in super flex leagues he'll probably go mid to late second um it all depends i i, I just saw a super flex mock with like all content creators and uh it, like the first round was like nine quarterbacks and i'm just like oh my god oh man we're in for it like people want these quarterbacks early and they're not like oh i got these running backs so, yeah, like they're they're going for it now and we're seeing a, a fast change their running backs are slowly getting a little devalued and we're kind of seeing this like if you're in redraft the zero running back strategy is working this year because of guys like kenneth walker that you got probably in like the eighth or ninth and like redraft um leagues but i i think for me if I was sitting there and he's in the same draft area as Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Brees Hall, like we're talking about, age does play a factor. I think those guys still, for me, get it done. But I, I can't argue if anybody drafts him as the sixth running back off the board in any startup this year, all the way to the 10th. Uh, again, I do think he's going to take a little fall because John Robinson's going to come on in. But I think Kenneth Walker is going to be locked into a, like a top 10 value. And if you got him outside of the outside of the one, two or one, three this year in the rookie draft, you, you were a winner instantly. And that's going to do it for our show this week. Again, this, this idea is brought to you by an article from Lee Liberman, who is a writer over on dynasty nerds, and you can follow him at the dynasty robot. We will tag him on social media as well to give him thanks. Uh, and all of our rankings come from the dynasty nerds as well, as we'll be kind of continuing this, you know, giving him a little more credit next week, as we talk about receivers and tight ends that, uh, each that have had a, an up and a down in value. And we'll kind of talk about where we think they're going to continue going on. As always, like, follow, subscribe. Check us out on Mosaic MC or Mosaic MC East on Twitter. And be ready because as the season's ramping up, we'll be getting more Dynasty engagement. Here in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing our first 2023 rookie mock draft with landing spots as well. So it's going to be interesting how we're going to do that. And we'll break that down over on Instagram and TikTok as well. Anything else for the people as the playoffs get started? Um, no, just go out there, make sure that you're 
spinning that fab if you have it because it does not carry over. Don't carry money with you that you could use. And God, make some, make some good moves. And Tyler, I'll hand it over to you to close us out. And as always, if your league saw his trade deadline open, which it should, as we talked about last week's episode, you can check that one out after this. Go on, make some trades. Uh, go and get that championship and win now or start your rebuild. Uh, like you said, go pick up all those handcuffs right now if you're in a redraft league. There's no reason that a single handcuff should be on a, on a free agency because you never know when they're going to come into value. We see league winners like that every year. And as always, thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.